Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News with interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing with funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them when it's all about ridiculous news everywhere. We talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely ridiculous. This is our weekly roundup where we take some of the weirdest stories in the news and dive a little deeper into them. Uh, as always, we might even have a few guests pop in along the way. Uh, I'm Mark Kendall, I'm an Atlanta-based comedian, and I'm thrilled that Georgia has sent Raphael Warnock back to the Senate. Woo! Uh, my amazing co-host, Bill, is away today, but we are joined by the phenomenal <laughs> Lenise Lyons. Lenise is a hilarious ever. Advisor, actor, stand-up comedian. They perform all over Atlanta, and you can follow her at, on Instagram at Lanise, which is at L-U-H-N-E-E-Z. Welcome, Lanise. Hooray! Yay! Thank you, Mark. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. It's great to spend time with you. Uh, we're going to kick things off with a segment that we do with all of our guests, which is a segment called Giving Them Their Flowers. So this is a moment where I give you a quick compliment. And the only rule is you can't return the compliment. You just got to receive this compliment. You can't give them back. Nothing like that. All right, so here we go. Uh, Lenise, I just love your sense of joy and play. A couple weeks ago, I had the great honor of getting to perform with you in an improv show. And I was so excited to perform with you because when you were on stage, you're always just having so much fun. I can tell that you really, really enjoy it. And that is, anytime I do improv, that's who I want to perform with, is people like that, that are there to have a good time. And thank you. Thank you for sparking joy. Yeah. It's so hard just to say thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to keep moving on, and we're going to do a, our next segment, which is called Ridiculous News Nibbles. Uh, and so these are some quick, ridiculous stories that we're going to tackle right quick. So this first one uh, is a headline from My Modern Met by Jessica Stewart, and the headline is, throw out your bicycle pump, this year's World Cup balls get supercharged. So uh, if you've been watching the World Cup, do you watch the World Cup when you've been watching any soccer? Is that, is that the FIFA? 
Is that the? Is yeah, that... Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. The soccer, the soccer games, the soccer games going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, yes, yes, yes. You, you... Big sport. <laughs> 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 to be fair, to be fair, I have not been watching a bunch of the World Cup it's, myself. It's the entire it's, it's, world it's, competing in soccer. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. so yeah. overwhelming. Like for <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. That's very fair. Well, if you've been watching the games, uh, you may have noticed uh, that the soccer balls that are being used. Uh, are getting charged on the sidelines. I was not aware of this. Uh, I'd be, and I didn't know that balls needed to be charged. However, there's like a high-tech upgrade that they've gotten. Uh, so uh, the Alrila soccer balls uh, are being used by the World Cup. Uh, they're manufactured by Adidas, and they take their name from the Arabic word uh, meaning the journey. So the way it works now is these soccer balls' journeys can literally be followed as each ball is fitted with a sensor that allows for spatial tracking in real time. This data, when combined with optical tracking tools, will make the video assistant referee system, or the VAR, uh, and offside reviews even more accurate. Uh, and importantly, it will also speed up the decision-making process. So I guess it's gonna help the referees ref the game better. Okay. Uh, yeah, and also as an added bonus, uh, the AI software also generates 3D renderings of the data that are ready for broadcast. And so that will allow fans to have an inside look at why the decisions were being made. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems a, a really intense. Like what I do know about soccer and the, my friends that do watch it, they are not questioning calls down to that. They are far too drunk to <laughs> to, 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 to be like oh, it's so close is uh, <laughs> the amount of time a soccer game takes and the the length of time between the goals is mm -hmm. so much downtime to just <laughs> right right uh and so it feels like remarkable very uh, sophisticated technology for a game that I don't know if that's what the fans biggest priority is but I you know <laughs> I can see how if you were like really into soccer or the well I don't even know really I don't know what degree but like I can see how it would be cool to have 3D imaging mm -hmm. of like exactly where the soccer ball is going I went to my first soccer game in a long time uh, I think it was this summer, this this summer. And, you know, some of the rules were definitely confusing for me, like offsides and things like that. And if there was any way to make some of that stuff more clear, okay. I see how it might make the game more enjoyable, you know? That's probably cool to see, like, maybe the flight of a ball. Like, uh, mm -hmm. um, some pretty crazy things that people can do with their feet when kicking that thing. I wonder if yeah, it adds yeah. any like extra weight to the ball that's like noticeable to a player though. That's a good question, right? You think like putting a tracker on a ball that you have to charge on the sidelines. You would think that that yeah. would change the the like the aerodynamics of the right. soccer ball being kicked. That's a great question. If I lost the World Cup because they put this new ball on the field, that's the <laughs> the first thing I'm gonna point to. <laughs> At that press conference, is, right. first of all, connects like a battery on the side like, of the ball. Yeah. But you see, it was a battery, a lithium car, an iron battery on the side. And then that, like, I used to kick a fade. And then when I kicked it that time, slice. Would have made it. Should have made it. Thanks, Adidas. Right. 
<laughs> right? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this this next story, and he's pretty wild. All right. So this is from Insider uh, by Jane Ridley. And the headline is identical twins were accused of cheating in an exam. Uh, and then they won one point five million dollars in a lawsuit. OK, so basically, this is what I got from the story. Right. So you have these two twins. They're in med school and they're taking a test and they're like five feet apart. And they are nodding or something like that. And the professor thinks that, oh, they're cheating, right? So they get accused of cheating. And at first, they were found guilty, right? Wow. Uh, But then they filed suit. And then people that were able to advocate for them were like, hey, look, twins sometimes have similar mannerisms. It's not like they were telepathically communicating with each other or anything like that. And apparently in academics... uh, twins can be accused of cheating. In fact, in the article, Nancy Segal, a psychologist who specializes in behavioral genetics and the study of twins, testified in court. And she said that cheating complaints against twins are common in academia, which I did not know. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, So because they're twins, like, and there's automatically, there's an immediate assumption that there's cheating afoot. Well, I think they were spaced apart, even though they couldn't see each other's monitors or anything right. like that. The, the, I, I guess there was something about the way the teacher saw them nodding at the same time, even though it wasn't necessarily to, e- even though it wasn't necessarily to each other, not signaling. Right. They saw that and they're like, oh, they must be cheating. I haven't taken a standardized test in a while, but I mm-hmm. certainly recall doing stuff like that. Like when I think, thought I couldn't conjugate that verb in Spanish, like I can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did. She said, you know, so (laughs) um, (laughs) I can imagine like if you study together, you're together, you're twins, you're in the same program. There are a lot of things that are similar, but and this is a medical program. I feel like that would be really hard to cheat. They they were med students at the University of South Carolina. Wow. And in the fall of 2016 is when they were were accused of of cheating. So. And the other students universally shunned them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's deep. Yeah, that's wild. Isn't that wild to like originally like you didn't cheat, right? You didn't do you anything didn't wrong. Cheat. And then they're like, you didn't cheat. And then they're like, no, you cheated. And then all the students are like, man, you're a cheater. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's like people are picking up their trays from the lunch table when you come in. I know, like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, are right. taking your clothes out the dryer in the dorm, like <laughs> cheating. Get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder what that shunning looks like. Like, just like, like oh, oh, you both came to the football game where you sit in section F, you right, sit right. in section G. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But 1.5 yeah, million but, would make me feel a little better about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time to live with that, though. And I'm curious how the rest of their medical career, right. you know, turned out after that. Yeah, like, is there something like one twin is is smarter than the other at something like medical stuff? And is they are they not calling like, oh, shit, I don't... <laughs> which part is the know. earlobe and which part is the... Um, Okay, right, 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 right,
this isn't an ear test at all. Okay, got it. It's about it's about the heart. Okay, oh. cool, cool, cool. Wrong, wrong part of the body. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. See, that's why. That's why we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wish them the best. I'm sorry yeah. for that, but I am glad that they got their one one point five million. Um, if that happened to me, I don't know. I don't know if I'd stay in that field. I don't either, and I think. Uh, Maybe you would also just do some really affirming research or like that is legally said that no, we're, you know, twins don't do that. Like we don't telepathically talk to each other. There's legal precedent now. And like maybe you can just they're dismantling that stereotype um, and helping out future twins that just happen to want to major in the same thing. Yeah. You know, because yeah, because if these accusations are common. You know, that's got to be tough going through academics with right with a twin sibling, you know? Yeah, especially in yeah. medicine, you know. Uh, I know, right? It seems like that's already stressful enough. That and, like, I think the track record of medicine, like how we get to discoveries, we did some weird stuff to get there. And, tw- you know, genetic twins are, are you know, especially people of color endure it a lot to, in medicine to get a lot of the findings we have and a lot of the assumptions. Um, that are made about people of uh, a certain background or color or twins, uh, that factors into medicine. So hopefully they score one to be on the right side of this and $1.5 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, moving on, uh, this is from Associated Press New York. And uh, Lenise, if you're looking for a new job, uh, New York is looking for uh, a very special person. Oh. So... Yeah, so New York eyes a somewhat bloodthirsty rat supremo to take on the city's rodents. So Mayor Eric Adams' administration posted a job listing this week seeking someone to lead the city's long-running battle against rats. The official job title is Director of Rodent Mitigation, although it was promptly dubbed the Rat Czar. Uh, Salary ranges from 120K to 170K. And the ideal candidate is highly motivated and somewhat bloodthirsty determined to look at all solutions from various angles, including improving operational efficiency, data collection, technology innovation, trash management, and wholesale slaughter. Uh, and that's from the ad that they use to advertise for the position. Oh. Uh, yeah. So this is in the, the New York job posting site under the roles and responsibilities? Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's some ad that they put out. Uh so okay. I don't know where you found it, but yeah, this is the this is somewhere in the ad that they say somewhat bloodthirsty and doing what it takes to get them rats. I mean, that rat problem must be tremendous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, yeah. And, yeah. and I know in uh, cities like Atlanta and um, certainly cities in the South, we have uh, whole departments dedicated to animal control, certainly dealing with pests, even uh, mosquitoes. So. I'm wondering, do they have a department like that? And it's just like, no, we need a single person with like the will to do this work. Like he doesn't have any rules. He's got to, they put him in like a basement and say, like they call, when they call a policeman back to the force and one of those shows, like he, like who is that guy he's like i don't know but he took out the in one day he took out 1000 rats and 
No weapons. He just he went in there with some cargo shorts and cheese. <laughs> uh, this sounds this may sound wild, but right next to you is the ridiculous news basement door, and it's sort of like the door has been kind of like shaken. Oh, maybe if you could just open it up and just see if anything yeah. happens. Uh, okay. Oh, wow, look at it's really damp in here. Hello, hello, it's me. Oh, Ryan the Rat Hunter. Yeah, that's right. Me, Ryan the Rat Hunter. I'm here to apply for the New York position of Rat Czar. My whole life, my whole life, I've done nothing but hunt down and kill rats. Lise, it was so interesting that you mentioned about cargo pants and cheese, and those are the only two things I own. Oh, oh, wow. And, and I'm so glad that you've uh, decided to apply. And you wore the cargo shorts, too. Like I said, it's... It's the only outfit that one can wear if you're trying to be a rat saw, in my opinion. I got all these pockets, and they're all filled with cheese and teeth. That's the teeth that I put on when I eat the rat that I kill. Because I only eat what I kill, and I only kill rats. Oh my, oh my, that is amazing. Um, So let's just go ahead and negotiate that salary. Absolutely. So you, you are aware that it's in U.S. dollars. Right, right, right. And I saw that the salary range was from 120000 to 170000 And I want to say right now, I will accept no payment. I refuse any and all payment. This is personal for me, all right? Many years ago, at my sixth birthday party, the cake was brought out. And all the kids were gathered around the cake, singing me happy birthday. And then out popped a rat from inside the cake. But it wasn't one of those cakes where people pop out. He just popped out of the front of the cake and it and it slapped my daddy across the face. And my whole family was ashamed and humiliated. And ever since then, I, deca- I dedicated every waking moment to taking down every rat that came across my sight. Oh yeah, I see uh, you have some tattoos there. It looks like a the, the Chuck oh, Chucky yeah. Cheese, is that, is that? Right. I took I took out Chuck E. Cheese, and only later I realized that Chuck E. Cheese apparently is a mouse and not mm. a rat, and I and I feel so sorry about that. So I have this tattoo here to remember Charles Charles Cheese. So yeah, one time for Charles. But I don't need to see anything else here. <laughs> uh, do you need any living accommodations, or do you just want to stay down here in this basement? No, I'm going to stay down here in the basement, and I'll start first thing tomorrow. Put her there. You are hired, brother. Welcome to New York. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. And we're back, y'all, and we're joined by our amazing uh, guest, Lenise Lyons. Lenise, it has been so great having you on the podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about this next story uh, with you. So uh, you follow sports. You've probably seen the news that Deion Sanders uh, has taken the position at Colorado University, a Power 5 school, and he is leaving uh, his position at uh, Jackson State University. And so this has spurred a lot of conversations online about, you know, uh, whether or not he should have left, whether it's good or bad, how he left, just all kinds of things, honestly. And, you know, I didn't realize until we started recording that you went to Jackson State. And so I would just love to get uh, your thoughts, reactions, anything at all about, uh, you know, Dion's uh, new job. Uh, yeah, I went to Jackson State. Um, it's my alma mater. Uh, did my undergrad there. And uh, like we were talking, you know, athletic programs, have ups and downs. Um, certainly, when Dion came, uh, it brought it brought it up. It also brought a lot of attention to not only Jackson State but to HBCUs in general. And uh, if you know anything about HBCUs, you know they're notoriously underfunded. 
And that to me adds to what Dion was doing there was so important. Um, as far as him leaving, I don't think there's ever, it would never would have been a right time to leave. That wouldn't have hurt someone's feelings. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it on my Facebook feed because a lot of uh, my friends went to Jackson State or went to HBCUs and have yeah. feelings about it. And uh, outside of like this overall made people a little grumpy, I think there's still the promise of what, you know, an HBCU should be and what are the original mission of HBCUs, which is we didn't have anywhere else to go. This is why. Um, we are here, uh, you know, uh, you, there's still space to build that legacy to um, to give the, the, it's all, you know, the next man up is something that you're taught in athletics is everybody be prepared to play at any moment in any time. Um, you, you might not get another Dion, but there's also, we don't know if there's a Dion already somewhere that, that doesn't have the like that Dion has. But hopefully he's casted a big enough one that those folks can come out and and, and start and, and and take up those spaces. Uh, so uh, I think he did what he was supposed to do. He donated parts of his salary to help the athletic program. Um, he worked with uh, other uh, football players, Michael Strahan, uh, notably, to get the entire team suits so they would track and travel. Partnered with Southwest Airlines, certainly a lot of um, – athletic sponsorships, which also came on the heels of the NCAA allowing players to generate income off of their likeness um, mm-hmm. and was able to secure deals for um, some student athletes, which is something that n- never been done. But, you know, a man got dreams, so he gets to do his, you know, in his own time and, and things. But uh, I'm happy for what he did for the program um, and for, for uh, HBCUs and that's something that energy needs to just keep going. And I don't know how we do it, but mm-hmm. salute. He might be reaching back down later on and doing the same thing. Uh, so what about you? What do you uh, see big prime? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I found, I found the story, you know, very interesting for sure, you know, and, you know, I did not go to an HBCU. So I want to like acknowledge that at the top, you know, like, these like I didn't I didn't go to one and, and also I haven't I haven't worked at one either you mm. know so so I realized that there's like that separation there but just from observing the story and uh, hearing you know thoughts from people like I really enjoyed and really appreciated getting to hear your thoughts as well I guess like one question that I had was when when he came in and this is just sort of like just a question not necessarily to you but just okay. like a question that I had in in, in reading the about the story is it's just like you know are are people kind of like oh we expected him to stay longer just because of how he set it up and and i and i guess i can see but you also mentioned earlier like no matter when he would have left someone's feelings could have gotten hurt you know so i guess right. you, you did address that but so um and i didn't pay a ton of attention to it uh Mm-hmm. As far as like hanging on every word he said, I've seen reports of people saying this, that he kind of, at the offset, he said, this is a marriage made in heaven. Like God sent me mm-hmm. here to do this. Mm-hmm. And then in three years, that marriage is dissolved. So mm-hmm. there's a sentiment that he came in. He was the reason that, that some of these kids decommitted to certain schools and came because they mm-hmm. wanted to play for him. Um, mm-hmm. He brought his sons there. And so I think, there's a sentiment like, well, from what you said at the beginning is not, you know, this now is a different message. 
Um, but there's also video of like the team, like, I feel like the team was aware of it and I don't think they were shocked. Mm -hmm. There's a video of like him having a final meeting with his team and they're saying, thank you. Um, and you know, who knows Mm -hmm. if that's, you know, I'm sure there's some people that were hurt, you know, some players that were hurt, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like it started with that team, you Mm know, and I'm, you know, I think they were well aware of what was going on. And because they went in, they still played their hearts out. Like we had the best season we've ever had since certainly since I was a student there. Um, so it's tough, but like you know, even with him just doing that one action for three years, you have a lot of um, retired players coming and saying, "Well, look, I can go, I can do the same thing." Where yeah. at my school or perhaps a different HBCU, um, and so that's what it was supposed to do is, is create that energy. He's a yeah. he like he knows he's electricity in a room like yeah um, oh absolutely yeah, I love it, I love watching his interviews he's in like it, from him as a young man I saw one like like Jerry Curl uh, yeah Dion he's like you yeah. think I just come up with all this stuff off the top of my head I've been practicing all these sayings all this yeah <laughs> 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 like, he practiced what he was gonna say when he got in the end zone mm-hmm. or when he made an interception what kind of trash talk he was like. That man probably 60 years old now, still with that same, you know, that attitude. And you can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah. This uh this is great, great points, Lenise. And and also, I mean, even though I was asking earlier, like, oh, did it seem like he would stay longer? I should also say I've also seen like an interview of his where he was saying, like, he gets asked straight up, like, if someone came to you with a job offer for uh, another bigger school he's like i'd have to consider it so in that way he was also straight up you right. know about like where he was gonna go so it's also it's also i think important to point that out as well it's not right. like he said he would never leave or anything like that um so that's that's also part of it yeah. too. Uh, oh and also uh, uh just i just looked it up because i was curious he's 55 dion is 55 it's still like he acts like you know, has the energy of yeah. a thirty-year-old. Absolutely, like, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. I was just curious how old he was. I was like, "How old is how he?" How old is? I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're from Atlanta, right? Yeah. So yeah. you you were there with them years of the Braves and the Falcons. Yeah. And like, yeah. what? What is how to what? He's gonna go mm-hmm. play both games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah. You want to yeah, go to yeah. the what? And then. Uh, <laughs> it's going to hop on a <laughs> yeah. go like, I got to go to PJ, baby. I'm out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and then we'll steal bases, hit home runs after three interceptions. Like, what? Mind blowing athletic talent. He's like, I am Neon Dion was who he was when yeah. we were in school. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's the. Luck to them, him and to uh, Jackson State. Uh, that like the football programs mean a lot to HBCUs and the marching bands. Sometimes the marching band is way more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the halftime <laughs> show is, is important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody's everybody's yeah. at yeah. the concession stands <laughs> in the first and second quarter. <laughs> when this happens, I'm like, oh, put, put the chicken down. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the game started at halftime yeah. with the uh, yeah. with the bands. Uh, yeah, I remember going to my first uh, battle of the bands to you know to watch, and 
you know, I don't remember much of the football game. I do remember the Battle of the Bands. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, like six drum majors, all of them six feet tall, <laughs> doing splits and playing the tuba. Yeah, everybody can dance. <laughs> Are they playing juvenile back then? What? Get up. <laughs> <laughs> like even the um the the conductor like talks the most trash. They're like the insatiable, <laughs> tenacious, delicious, stomping in your neck. <laughs> You're like what? Oh, man, what? That'd, be, that'd be a great like online class. Is that they? <laughs> want to know how to talk down your opponent <laughs> yeah, yes yes i just I, are you tired of insults like hey man watch where you're going slippery foot <laughs> <laughs> you need to come on down to <laughs> drum major 101 so you can talk oh my gosh that would be an excellent class That'd be a fun class. That'd be a fun class. Yeah. Well, but I guess like, you know, overall with the story, I, I have really appreciated, you know, hearing people's thoughts, um, you know, hearing why people are happy for Dion right. and, you know, next things. But also it's been uh, interesting to hear like the critiques, you know, as well in terms of like how he left and things like that. And, 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 um, and I appreciate, you know, this conversation yeah. happening and the attention being paid to HBCUs and like you you know, mentioned earlier, I hope that that continues. I hope that attention stays yeah. on these schools, you know? Yeah. We don't want to end up on ESPN 13. Keep us up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw something where it was that Byron Allen has a deal with ESPN to at least uh, HBCU football showing on, on some of their syndicate, on some of their other networks. Like it's already paying forward. And so, yeah, we can have our feelings, but we can also find like, you know, raise the joy and like, you know, what's supposed to happen is happening. And there's our silver lining. Yeah. Prop time. Awesome. Prop time. <laughs> out. <laughs> we'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all, and we're back uh, with our amazing guest, Lenise Lines. Lenise, thank you so much for being Hi, here. Yeah. I really appreciate uh, getting your thoughts on Deion Sanders and Jackson State earlier. Uh, we're going to hop into something a little less serious. Uh, so, uh, y'all listening, you may have seen the new viral Cocaine Bear movie trailer, but what you may not know is that it's sort of kind of based on a true story. And so we pulled this article, our amazing researcher, Casey, broke down this article from CNN uh, by uh, Zoe Satil. And so first off, Linnaeus, let's talk about this movie that's coming out uh, called Cocaine Bear. Yes. Uh, so I guess the setup is, is that a bunch of cocaine falls from the sky, lands on the ground, a cocaine, uh, a, a bear gets a hold of this cocaine and goes on a rampage. That's the that's the movie. That that is a. <laughs> oh man! Um, first of all, if you haven't seen the trailer, please um, do yourself a favor. Uh, it is safe for work, even though I don't think you want to type "cocaine bear" into your browser. <laughs> I don't know what your IT department's looking like, but uh, uh, do you, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, a bear high on cocaine in the woods, uh, going to town on on humans is I would if it feels made up, but to know that there is 
a real grounded story that got us here is even more phenomenal than probably what this is we're going to see on screen. Yeah. So the story that happened in real life, very different from the movie trailer. However, no less astonishing that it's even just partly based in anything real life. So the story is based off of a true story of a bear who overdosed on cocaine in the 1980s. All right. So this cocaine bear movie is directed and co-produced by Elizabeth Banks. And, you know, the movie is about like this bear going on a killing spree. However, in real life, the story is not as sensational as all that. Uh, the bear was found dead in Chattahoochee National Forest after Oh, overdosing. wow. Yeah, so what happened was there was a duffel bag of cocaine that was dropped from a small plane into the mountains of Georgia by Andrew Thornton, uh, who died after parachuting from the plane. And that's according to reporting at the time by the Associated Press. Thornton is a person that had a sordid life as a police officer and drug dealer, and they've had their life documented in books like The Bluegrass Conspiracy, right? So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, had officers searching for Thornton's cocaine uh, because this was like $2 million worth of cocaine. So they're out there looking uh, for this duffel bag that had about 40 packages worth of this drug. And they found it ripped open over the hillside. And the AP reporting that was done at the time wasn't sure how much cocaine the bear consumed. Oh, no. Yeah, but the original duffel bag would have been about 88 pounds worth of cocaine. And so the bear got to it before the, the, the officers were able to, they had a, they OD'd and they were dead there. But that story is also wild. Also (laughs) wild. I I think I want to see that. Now that you've told me the backstory, it sounds more plausible that, they were on to him. <laughs> he drops yeah. this $2 million worth of cocaine in the 80s. $2 million yeah. worth of cocaine in the 80s is probably like $20 million now. Then they were like, they found, someone found it. And they were like, say, let's kill a bear and say to put some cocaine on the bear. Say the bear ate the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm kind of curious about, like, honestly, my first reaction when reading the story about, like, all right, millions of dollars of cocaine gets dropped on a hillside in Georgia, bear gets to it, the OD. My first thought, honestly, was, like, what if the bear didn't OD? What if it got, like, just, not that there is a right amount, but what if it got, like, the right amount of cocaine? What would a bear on cocaine even be like? I mean, mm. I guess that's what the movie explores. But that's what I was wondering, too. Um, I I believe... It would spend a lot of time looking at its reflection in the river. Like, I'm so sexy. Look how sexy. Oh, mm, 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 mm. And like, <laughs> it would be like really good at like fishing and just like snatching yeah. salmon out the air into. <laughs> <laughs> it's just up like late talking to a shooting like I love you I love you so much you just had oh, I love you so much uh. and, and you know what and you know what we're gonna we're gonna relocate to Tennessee I promise I promise in the morning in the morning in the morning listen 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 <laughs> making all kinds of promises yeah. 
Like, we'll get you a place near Nashville. That place Nashville yeah. is blowing up. We're gonna get there yeah. once we get there. They got good salmon in okay. Nashville. The Smoky Mountains. Have you heard? Rivers, the... Plenty of creek. Yeah. Have you heard about this? <laughs> Oh, you're going to love it. Mommy's been there. Mommy's dad. Mom, you know, your dad's from there. And, you know, I know you want to see him more, but you know how that goes. I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Bears is making wild promises. and just like, I just need one more just to get me started. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, That's wild. I, and I'm also just kind of like, that, that whole situation, I mean, I'm surprised that it was just one bear that got to it, as opposed to just like, in my mind, like yeah. worst case scenario, I'm imagining this cocaine falls down, a bear gets a hit, other bears get the hit, the wolves get the hit, oh. the eagles get a hit, oh. and then it's like a cocaine force. And it's a part, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody's, no one can control their, their stomachs. Everybody's just like, whoo! I know. Right in the street. <laughs> <laughs> and like if it's in the duffel bag I imagine you know these things are wrapped like I, I don't know if there's a smell but like I feel like bears are like did they just see the bag and like like ooh did they leave some old Slim Jims in here and right you know what what attracted the bear to like want to sniff this out or like is, po- is cocaine that powerful that like even the bear like ooh <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in this bag. Oh, hell. <laughs> I'm getting up in here, Lord. Yeah, we getting up in yeah. here. Yeah. You think like there was a, maybe a deer that's like, that's bad news, bear. You know? <laughs> Don't do it, bear. Listen. Listen. I had a cousin. <laughs> you don't know nothing about don't this life. This. Get out of it. And the the bear's like, you don't know. Yeah, like, I'm gonna live my life. You know, like, <laughs> like man, that's a whole like that's a whole sitcom. Not not a sitcom. That's a whole drama in itself. That's a drama. Forget comedy. That's a whole. That's a whole drama. Yeah, I think. Hot, yeah, if there is a uh, a tax task force that's like keeping animals off drugs. Like they need to make this a PSA. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, like you see a duffel bag, okay, you need to leave that alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just leave that alone. Mag- Wait for the McGruff the Crime Bureau of Investigators. McGruff the Crime <laughs> Dog. Like, you uh, you got something there? <laughs> Smokey the Bear's like, look, back off, back off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a! uh, It's amazing, like uh, the inspiration for movies. Like somebody was like, "Throw money at that." Oh, I'm surprised it took this long. If that happened in the '80s, I'm surprised it took this long for us to get a cocaine bear film. And they got some names in that movie. In in that trailer, Mm -hmm. there are some. There's at least seven faces I recognize, and uh, yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, So I'm I'm gonna spend U.S. dollars on it. If, uh, if that's what you're asking me, Mark, yes. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to move on to our final segment. This is called The Spring of Inspiring Inspirations. It's where we share an inspirational quote with you. Okay. To end things on a positive note, uh, this one comes from Jordan Peele. And the quote is, we can convince ourselves to do things in conjunction with one another that we wouldn't have been able to do as an individual. That that was cool and uh, ties into working together as a group, uh, and uh, I thought that that was positive. 
And Lenise, thank you so much for coming to join us for this episode today. And how can people support you, uh, follow you, anything you want to promote? Uh, let us know. Um, Thank you for having me, Mark. This has been yeah. so much fun. Uh, follow me on Instagram at L-U-H-N-E-Z. And that's pretty much where I am. Uh, I have a Twitter and, Instagram, and uh, what is it? TikTok, but there's nothing on there. It's those, those, yeah, yeah. so hard to keep up with more than two of the things that, uh, uh yeah. but they're on my Instagram. Anything that I'm doing, any shows, uh, me being silly with my family, all of that is there. So, uh, please follow me and, uh, I'll follow back. Yeah, man. Yeah. And y'all, please follow Lenise so you can check out and see where she's performing. She's amazing. She's hilarious. As I saw, said at the top of the episode, brings so much joy to each performance. So it's really worth your time. And uh, thank you all for joining uh, and tuning into Ridiculous News today. We know you have a lot of choices and what to listen to, so we genuinely say thank you. And you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. And on Facebook and IG, you can follow Ridiculous News. And you can check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy. Bye, y'all. Have a great day. Bye. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.